You're listening to the sermon podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an evangelical Lutheran church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado. And you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. Grace, mercy, and peace are yours in the name of the triune God. I have to start today's sermon with a confession. Um, Over the past two or three weeks, I've been watching this really awful reality TV show (laughs) called um, Are You the One? I don't know if you're familiar with this show, but um, it's produced by MTV, and it's like a perfect mix between Jersey Shore and The Bachelor, (laughs) both of which I've also seen. Anyhow, the show takes 10 men and 10 women who have horrible relationship histories and puts them together in a house. Yeah, however, within the house, there's supposed to be their perfect match for each person, sort of scientifically figured out. Um, The catch is that no one knows which person is their perfect match. Also, their match is based on qualities that actually would meet their needs versus the types of mates they have chosen in the past. So there's a challenge there. They get 10 attempts over the course of the season to match everybody up with their perfect match. If they succeed, they win a million dollars, which I found out they have to split between all of them. And it just doesn't sound like that amazing of a prize. But anyhow, they're on MTV. As the show unfolds, the contestants are never capable of of course, of choosing their perfect match from the beginning. Uh, Basically, every member of the show has to go through this humiliating experience of making the same mistakes over and over until they're forced to surrender. They're basically forced to stop choosing the same type of loser that they've chosen over and over and over in the past. They're forced to also surrender their expectations based on old patterns of behavior and instead open themselves up to truth that is right before their eyes. Though I don't tend to see a lot of reality in reality TV, this show reflects a truth that is also in today's gospel. The truth that so often, even when the solution is staring us in the face, we can't see it. We can't see it until we let go of our expectations based on old behavior and past experiences. The Gospel of Mark says that a man ran up to Jesus and begged him for uh, basically a roadmap to eternal life. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life, he said. Jesus replies with a short list of commandments. He doesn't even give all ten and says that basically the man already knows the way. Jesus is intending here to deliver good news, a word of freedom that the man already has eternal life or access to eternal life. Unlike the legends that have grown up around this man, there is no evidence in the text that he was particularly evil in any way. So Jesus basically says he's in good shape, yet the man can't see it. He can't see that Jesus is offering eternal life as a done deal, as something already real and alive right now. He can't believe that Jesus isn't asking him to do more. So the man rebuffs Jesus' answer, I followed those commandments all my life. 
In other words, he says, eternal life has to require more of me. But throughout the gospel, Jesus lays out that the way of eternal life isn't built on our effort, on our work, or on our deservedness. The way to eternal life is built upon God's grace as a gift, which has nothing to do with our own goodness. But the man in today's gospel can't see that God has already gifted him with eternal life because he's blinded by a system of transactional relationships upon effort and reward. In order to gain eternal life, he has to do something, he believes. For years, I too couldn't believe that I was saved just the way that I am. I thought that I had to do something. I thought that I had to be the perfect son, get perfect grades, get a respectable job, live in a respectable house. But as I failed to do these things, I sank deeper and deeper into depression. Depression and addiction took hold of my life, and it became harder and harder to trust that blessings would ever come my way. See, my expectation shifted from expecting blessings to expecting curses. It was virtually impossible for me to believe that God would bless my life as the person I was. The only way I thought was for me to change and become a different person. But when drugs and alcohol brought me to my knees, the process of recovery not only made me put down the bottle, it also made me surrender my negative, hopeless expectations. If I was going to have a fighting chance at life, my expectations had to change. God's presence in my life would no longer have to depend upon my goodness or effort. You know, I think this is one reason that we value confession and absolution so much in the church and in this congregation, because it's a way of God rewiring our expectations. Week in and week out, we get to hear that our sins are washed away and that God loves us for who we are. We get a reprieve from the tyranny of our negative expectations. We see that the man in today's gospel, though, continues to be captive to his negative expectations when he walks away from the conversation with Jesus. After Jesus tells him, to sell his possessions, give to the poor, and follow him, the man walks away in shame because he can't bring himself to do what Jesus suggests. But by walking away, the man misses out on the rest of Jesus' answer. He misses out on Jesus saying, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a man with possessions to enter the kingdom of God, which sounds hopeless, but then Jesus continues saying, but for mortals it is impossible to be saved but it's never impossible for God. By walking away, the man misses the gospel that is right in front of him. He misses when Jesus says, yeah, there's nothing you can do to get eternal life. You just have to receive. Eternal life is a gift from God. But the, the church, too, has had a really hard time hearing that eternal life is a gift even from this very story, perhaps you've heard a pastor or teacher try to explain away the grace in this gospel reading. The explanation usually goes like this. When Jesus is talking about the eye of the needle and the camel, he's not talking about a literal needle. There was a gate in ancient Jerusalem called the eye of the needle. It was too small for a camel to go through standing, carrying its burden, so the camel would have to be stripped of its luggage and the camel would have to crawl through on its knees. 
It's a nice story, but it's also a handy way of eliminating grace from Jesus' parable. It replaces grace with the belief that if we are humble enough and if we get rid of our idolatry to stuff, then we can enter the kingdom of God. But the story isn't true. That's the reality. This retelling of the story isn't true. There's no record of there ever being such a gate. It's a medieval legend that's existed for a long time. What is true, though, is that this legend reveals how hard it is to believe that eternal life is a gift. We become so accustomed to that negative transactional tape in our head that we have to do something when instead Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. In today's society, we are seeing once again what happens when we can't stop that negative tape from playing. The ever-expanding scourge of gun violence across our nation is an example of what happens when old ways of thinking get fixed in our brains. We keep making the same mistakes, expecting different results, and then wring our hands when nothing changes. And just like for the man in today's gospel, the life-giving, life-changing, and life-saving solution is also right before our eyes, but we just can't see it. As a nation, and that includes me and all of us here, as a nation, we've not found a way to seize upon the solution that is right before our eyes, which is to lay down our weapons. The solution that seems so obvious to so much of the world continues to be the solution that we can't yet see. Perhaps we haven't been able to see it because we're stuck, stuck like the man in today's gospel in the belief that we have to do something, something active to save our people. We are stuck in an unholy alliance with living offensively, that we've forgotten what it's like to lay something down and just see what happens. The thought of surrendering power is so foreign to us that we're willing to sacrifice our loved ones in order to hold on to the fantasy that we have to do something. We have to hold on to this instrument of power that allows us to be active in a particular way. We haven't yet been able to trust we'll be okay if we surrender our weapons and thus part of our power. Yet today's gospel reminds us that eternal life is built upon this kind of surrender. We come before God and ask that God help us surrender our old ways of thinking and doing. We ask God to show us new ways of being that don't depend on our doing, on our effort. We ask God to step into our lives and be God. And then God helps us step away from all those things that don't serve us and steps with us into eternal life. Because entering eternal life is something that is all God's doing, and it's never something that we have to worry about. Thanks be to God.